Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, mutants, marvels, monsters, morlocks, and chuds, this is the Set in Stone Podcast. Hey, I tried to teach you how to handle comics in the sixth grade, but oh no, you wanted to play Little League instead. Alright folks, welcome back to part two of the Set in Stone Podcast interview with the super awesome Sig Henriquez. If you didn't catch the first half, just go back and listen to issue four of the Set in Stone podcast to get caught up on who Sig is, what he's about, where he came from, his many inspirations, and all the hilarity that ensued. In part two, we delve even further into what makes Sig, the man with the germs, tick. So join along with Sig, my brother Steve and I, as we journey even further into the mind of the incredible Mr. Sig Henriquez. What what are your thoughts on, or what do you find is the hardest part about being an independent? Being an independent? Not having the money. <laughs> now, I'm independent over here. I don't have any money. Working for free? Yeah, yeah working for free. The... Uh, and you know what? I don't mind working no, for free no. because I, I would be doing it anyway. I love it, you know? But um, it, having to go to two jobs gives me limited time to do that. That's my only gripe, you know? And unfortunately, you need some type of sleep. And my and, and, and the kids. Yeah, yeah. So I, that's why. It's a time issue for me. Yeah, you know. And I would if somebody would just give me money to make these comic books, I can I know I can sell it and or the cartoons, I can market it, sell it and know complete get their investment back fold. You know, I know I could do that. It's the hardest part about in being an independent is proving that fact. Yeah. How are you gonna prove that fact to well, JP Morgan? Mm. <laughs> it's your money, use it when you need it. <laughs> you you got it kids. now. <laughs> that's how my money is. <laughs> their money. I want I your money. It when, if they can do I, it. I want your money and I want it now. <laughs> exactly. It's your money and I need it now. Absolutely. Where, um, the, I completely lost with the whole J, uh, <laughs> JP Morgan aspect. But uh, hardest part about being independent. hardest part about being independent is yeah definitely that but that's what, that that's it but and that's what you need though you need to have that passion and desire and obviously you have eight issues of your own comic book and which is the most of almost anybody in town I mean I don't know maybe I think locally Valkyrie you guys are are coming up close but yeah I mean otherwise there's nobody else but there's like nine of them. Yeah, they have a whole team. <laughs> I'm pretty, I think I think Cubstead said that he's getting paid doing that for a living now. So I'm like, that's good for him. But I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I, that, and of course, that's, that's what I want. That's a lot of that's everybody's dream is to yeah. make their living. We don't want to be love. I don't want Cubstead to be me. Dude, I mean, I think I'll that's the minimum the, wage, <laughs> and I'll change jobs to comic book. I can't even get minimum wage for that. Yeah, for comic book jobs. That, but you need to have that desire. You know, every every successful oh, yeah. independent has that desire of I would love to get paid, but regardless of getting paid, this is what I'm doing because it's my passion. Yes. Those people who wait around for the paycheck issues where their money comes or not. Yeah, those people who are waiting around to get a paycheck to draw comics will never have a comic. I constantly yeah. get that. I bring out a new issue, you know, show off to friends at work or whatever, and they're like, 
to get paid for that? I'm like, no, but I'd be doing it anyway, so I may as well put it towards something. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I'd be able to, I'd be producing something that just have a stack of drawings that just don't mean anything. Don't do, yeah, yeah. 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 And plus, you like or comic eight, books. Or, yeah, or it's it not could like be it's something. A chart. Yeah, I'm gonna do more eight more issues, whether I get money or not. I'm gonna spend more money buying books that I probably already have a hundred issues of, than I'll make in you know a year making comic books. But yeah, yeah, yeah. But and that's where that's where the passion comes in. That's where the desire to to do the things that you love to do comes in. And I know a lot of people think. The comic book genre and the way you know, it's weird. I mean, it's becoming more and more acceptable with mm-hmm. the Marvel and DC universes uh, expanding and the movies coming out and people making a billion dollars, making yeah. billions, and so more and more people. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it was coming into your pocket, then you'd be like, "This is the most amazing thing sickening. ever." A little less sickening. I can I can handle a little it. less sick. A little more germs. T-shirts. Uh, <laughs> a better a T-shirt that has is a picture in the front. Yeah. We can make that happen. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, you definitely you definitely need to have that, of course. Yeah. I sit uh, to make I, it happen. I sit in bed at night. At, at, it's not to think at, in the dark, and I just see little, you know, white blood cell spaceships just chasing the heck out of this other bacterium spaceships, just you know, lighting them up full of lasers through this crazy abstract world. I'm seeing this in my head already, and that's what I spend my time doing voluntarily. So uh, put it in a comic book, you know what I mean? Absolutely. You know, I have I have lots of stories to tell. There, I'm already doing it while I'm lying in bed or while I'm in the shower or while I'm driving to work. It's already, that's what I like to spend my time doing. Yeah, so not a chore. So that's why set in stone. That's why we created this podcast so that people can understand the passions that other artists have, and then find the people that they have the same passions with and help support those. So yeah. hopefully this will turn around and be something that will help promote all types of art. If you know you want to make your own toy line based on your characters or other people's characters, you know, if, yeah. if toys were your main focus, then that's of course. And also, the podcast is a good reason to let everyone else hear about the stuff that we bullshit about yeah. on a regular basis. <laughs> and that's not a, a white stop at one. Look at Star Wars. You have TV shows, movies, books, toys, sheets. I'm into all that. I'd rather sleep in a Star Wars bed sheet than a flower print. You know? So why not make a germs bed sheet or whatever, you know? Yeah. Which is the white blood cell sheet. No bacteria sheets for you. Right. The bacteria are <laughs> cool, eccentric. No, I just don't need germophobia. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just the white blood cell. Just the They protect me from the darkness. <laughs> so, let's go into the other, the rest of the, the, the world that we live around and as far as comic book, the genres. Um, the community. The community. Um, I like how the Vegas. You're connecting. You guys are a part of um, the ACC Artist Comic Collective. And here in Las Vegas, uh, where do you guys meet and what time for those local to Vegas that happen to be hearing this? We meet every Friday at Comic Oasis. Um, where is that located? Flamingo and Cheyenne. Okay. No, uh, or, no, I'm sorry. Uh, Rainbow, Rainbow and Cheyenne. Cheyenne. Rainbow and Cheyenne. Sorry, I've been all over town this week. But yeah, Rainbow and Cheyenne every Friday. From 2 o'clock to 8 o'clock. 2 o'clock to 8 o'clock. And where did you, how did you find? Um, I 
uh, was selling my comic books at art festivals called First Fridays here in Las Vegas. And they're at the first Friday of every month downtown. And I had a display there selling my comic books and my art print, just like at a comic book convention. And right next to my table was Adam Crenn, the guy who did my bubble letters. And my and he invited me to the ACC. And that's how I was introduced. So yeah. tell, tell, tell everyone well, what an ACC yeah. meeting is. After you yeah, know. no. And my first introduction to it was a 2000... Um, 12 Las Vegas Comic Expo. Um, I just got on a table. It's my second convention. And uh, I set up between what I, what I didn't know, it, right in the middle of like ACC <laughs> headquarters. I had like Justin Newberry and Dan Blodgett on one side. And I had my buddy Vince at the same table with me. And then um, writer for Chain Reaction, Josh, he showed up. And then right next to me was this guy who showed up late. He was tired. I don't know what he did. Uh, he had a red mohawk. And, uh, and that's Free Isabella. He's one of the first four guys that started the ACC. And next to him was Adam Crenn and, uh, and Ish uh, Samayo. And, um, and then they, just, they probably had like six people back there. That's so awesome. they had so many people back there. That's what I like. Like Free and Ish were literally almost, we were literally sitting like back to back because they were so close. And then they started talking to me about, oh, we have this thing going on every Friday. I don't think I made it for the first couple of months because I worked a lot of nights. But, yeah, and then now almost ever since since that convention, um, yeah, I've been going every, ever since, you know, and it's huge, and then it's, it was at like 40 members then, and now it's at like 160 all over the world. That's awesome. Yeah. Look at that. That's, that's awesome. awesome. That's crazy. And not only that, but beyond the ACC, there is a whole comic book geekdom linked up through countless of groups and on Facebook. I belong to a Transformers Addicts uh, group on Facebook, and we just had a count. There's 4,500 people in that group all over the world. There's people from the UK and Africa and in South America and Australia, and like, that's crazy, just because we all like Transformers. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, compared to the rest of the world, and how many people actually love the Transformers, that's actually a small number for us huge is Right, right. Compared well, to just the people who just don't like spread, though. Yeah. yeah that's... For, for as many people who know about Transformers, the fact that, you know, it is that big, but imagine just all the people who love Transformers that don't know that it exists. Exactly. So that's like me, cool. I didn't know it existed until, like, a few months ago. Yeah. yeah. So that's really cool. What what happens at the Comic Oasis for your you guys' get-togethers on Fridays? It's the equivalent... <laughs> <laughs> it's the equivalent of a, of a knitting circle with yeah. old ladies. But we're all like what is that, but 20, 30 something or younger comic book creators, and we just, you know, shoot the breeze about life and anything and everything, and we're kind of like a little mini family almost because we all bring up our newest projects, we all bring up our oldest projects, you know, um, ask opinions about this and that, um, give advice. But at the meetings, it's, uh, yeah, it's just a get-together, and a lot of the time we're there helping out these younger guys, wanting to know about art, uh, going over page layouts, um, people asking questions, like, yeah, how do you draw this hand? How do you draw? I can't draw hands. Like, well, let me show you. Or like, hey, what do you think of this? Yeah. Like, well, what are you doing in that? He goes, well, his hand is supposed to be sticking out. Well, he's doing a flat palm. It's like, well, that's not yeah. dynamic at all. you got to know how to make things look like they're in perspective. Yeah. And, yeah. And and we're all there willing to do that. And for me, that's almost the fun. Somebody knows something. Everybody has a little yeah. pit piece to the puzzle that can help you get 
into where you need to go. Like a lot of the guys at the uh, convention, you know, had some books out, but they had like horrible printers and they didn't know who to go through. Well, I mentioned my printer or our printer, uh, Comics Wellsprings. Next thing I know, everybody has books coming out through Comics Wellsprings. Yeah, and I and I, I went like, through them the last time. Yeah, and they're amazing. I mean, and Adam Crane did my bubbles and yeah, you know, whatever. I so, shared my. Well, it's. It's, they say two heads are better than one. Try two thousand yeah. and subtract eight hundred and fifty, and that's that's <laughs> <A-C-C. laughs> <A-C-C. laughs> Because everyone has an opinion, you just got to know who to how to filter out the BS. Yeah, but absolutely. It, well, that's part of that's we part also of being one a, worn out filter. I can tell you. That's one part of being a body. Yeah. Yes, it I is. We're all like those microorganisms that functions. We're like the microorganisms that decided to get together. Exactly. Yeah. Right now we're just a, a mouthpiece, um, flapping our lips, making stuff happen, while other people are out there drawing and doing things, yeah. um, and making it happen, and helping other parts of the the comic world body. Yeah, and uh, so that that's the that's the what I love about it. I to me I feel like I'm already living the life, you know, when with this group and the um, social media that we you know our mm-hmm. fan sites. A deviant art, like we, I already feel like I'm there. I'm already doing it. I have eight issues with others to come. I'm already going to cons. I'm already talking to people. I'm already in a group. I'm already networking. Like, what more do I want? The only thing missing is the more the money, money <laughs> to produce yeah. our, our love. But uh, what would I do with that money? Live in the same style, you know, yeah. network and draw and produce It'd stuff. Be like, I'm a, we're already doing that. Yeah, your location would just be like your article and just get a little bit nicer. Because you don't always need to get the biggest and best. ACC headquarters! <laughs> it would definitely, uh, definitely make it easier. Now, if you did have all the time in the world, and if you had all of the means that you would need to, to support your family, kids, and, you know, your comics... And you didn't have to worry about it. What would you spend your time doing? Obviously, spending time with the family. And you, is there any aspirations that you think are too big? Too like big. in your mind? Do you know what I mean? Well, like, Johnny Depp owns an island. How's that? <laughs> is that too big? No. <laughs> does, he, does, he own, awesome. does he only inhabit? That's <laughs> like you mentioned. I think he is the inhabitant. <laughs> oh, okay. You mentioned having um, the Nobel Prize. The Nobel yeah. Prize. That's, that's one version. So but, no, no, like there's doing too small for him to dream about. No. <laughs> doing 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 the cartoons, having action figures and bed sheets. And yeah, that'd be awesome. Is there something beyond that that you? I want to download my essence into an Apple. <laughs> Why is it gonna be Apple? I mean, I agree. No, I won't get a virus. I'm a germaphobe. Nope. <laughs> Good science, good science. But yeah, the unfact is going to happen anyways. I mean, that's true. Now, I recognized his face. It's like, show him your canvas. That <laughs> that's a t- too big. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's too big. Well, that's a good answer because there's nothing too big. If you can dream, as long as it's good too. Like to me, all the things that I can think of, like. Why do I want to make cartoons and action figures? Because people will enjoy it. I know I enjoy Transformers cartoons and action figures. Because it's, if you're out there brain. buying all this stuff, there's somebody that could be out there that could buy all your stuff. Not only that, enjoying it. And I, I I You don't buy it just because you 
whatever. Again, trust me, I do not enjoy... You have such a passion. Yeah. I do you not enjoy a $200 figure more than I enjoy a $10 figure. Yeah. I wish I did, but I don't. Yeah, that's like that's like me. I don't I don't care how much a comic book. I mean, to some degree, yes, I do care much how much comic book costs because I'm not going to spend a thousand dollars on a comic book. But one could be better than the other. But if somebody I don't enjoy as an artist is drawing it, I'm not going to pick it up. Yeah, I don't care where in the story is to a certain extent. I'm like, I doesn't. I'm not going to pick it up. I don't need to know what the rest of the story is because the guy that's drawing it or girl. I just don't enjoy their art. So yeah. for me, I, I'm going to go to where that artist is going or yeah. pick up another artist. Yeah. Yep. Sorry, X-Men, but, you know, yeah. I'm going to somebody else. Or, hey, I'll pick up this Batman because now this guy is doing it. Yep. Yeah. If it wasn't for the art, I would read novels. But I don't. I read comic books. Yeah. I love the yeah. art. That's a good segue for... Um, I'm going to try doing a, a segment called Artist Alley. Um, you are an artist, but... And me too. And both of your, <laughs> both of your artists... Um, but that's up for debate. <laughs> yeah, James is <laughs> So talk James about let's talk about Artist Alley is about talking about your favorite artists, your your the styles that you like, you dislike, um artists that you would like to recommend, that you enjoy, that you happen to randomly find, or that you just think people should know about. For like your daughter, for instance. Yeah. Um and then we, we've talked about your influences already, but, you know, in the future we can add into the Artist Alley segment this kind of stuff. So this is our test run still. Like I said, we're only on issue number four of the podcast, so we're, we're in the learning curve. So let's give that a shot. What is your – who who's your favorite? We talked about McQuarrie, uh, but McQuarrie. who are your favorite McQuarrie? Mm-hmm. Who are your favorite artists? Uh, Jim Lee. If you Jim had that Lee King is number one, yeah. That would He's be been cool. also Jim Lee. Yeah. <laughs> and Jim Lee is pretty awesome. Um the, also, the modern day Jack Kirby, that's how I just yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah, Jim Lee is amazing. I just love his lines, all his characters look like they're moving, they're going somewhere, you know. It's very I, I, I just like it. Maybe he hit me at an impressionable age with that X Men number one. Yeah. The fold out. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. I saw in free, I saw in, in issue two that we did. Um, it, it just, it just was like nothing anybody had ever seen. Right. Eight million copies sold. National news. Um, yeah. Stuff that I, I'd never seen before. I had one. Who had a cover? <laughs> yeah. Who, who, who'd ever seen a cover that was connected to another cover and then had another cover on the back and then yeah. a cover on the inside yeah. and all beautiful art and all amazing. Yeah, like and you're like and wait. It, it's a it's a it's an homage to the Jack Kirby cover because yeah. Magneto's in a bubble and everybody's attacking him. Yeah. Mind was blown, yeah. you know. And then the inside, just as high quality work. Yeah. yeah. And it went on and on and on. That guy, uh, man, he's a machine. Have you seen Superman Unchained? Oh wow! My God. He's a machine. Like dude. every time he does a new project, all over again. It, every time it's he does literally it. off the chain. It is. Yeah. <laughs> Put it on phone. Um, but it, it like uh, free and hour dog. But every single time he jumps on a new project, he almost seems to jump a skill level. Oh yeah, like definitely from, does, right? from uh, what that's just like, like man. You could follow somebody. Yeah, like Alpha lives. Flight to X Men. Yeah, Alpha Flight to X Men, and then X Men to Wildcats. Yeah. And then like even the Wildcats number four to Wildcats number five, an insanely like the first two pages. It's like a double fold out, yeah. you know, and it's. Just characters splash across the page, jumping through windows, shooting bullets. It's like who does yeah. a double page inside of the book? I've never seen that before. That's awesome. And then he goes to like uh, like Divine Right, which he wrote himself, and it was 
It was an amazing series too, and it was like nothing else. To, it was about computers and hackers and going to other worlds. Yeah. You know. Then they moved on to like, you know, Batman Hush. Yeah. Where he yeah. started using like watercolors, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of stuff in between that I'm forgetting. But yeah, and then also like on Joe, Joe Madreira. Oh my god, man, he's never the battle chaser. Never. Oh, blew the back of my head right off. Yeah. And then picked up and smacked you in the face with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so awesome. I always, I always call it the greatest unfinished saga. Always. It, 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 there was never a bad panel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there's never, like, yeah, he took the easy way out on that. Right. Or even if it does, you're like, no, no, but it it added something to it. Like, oh, look, a silhouette. That's an easy way out. No, 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 but there's something really special about the way he had done it. That silhouette. No one else had done it. Yeah. Yeah. It. Well, sometimes uh, a silhouette is what you need for the feel of the Absolutely. story. Sometimes you don't need... And thankfully, he's back in the business, like, full-time. He's not, like, doing ongoing stuff, but he's doing, like, his little... I call it Joe Mad Jumps. Like, he'll do three issues on a Spider-Man book, and then, like, three issues on a Wolverine. And then he's doing, like, a little Infinity Watch type of book coming up, like, a little six-issue or something. So thankfully, we're getting him in doses instead of, like... Three years between issues, you know, seven and eight of Battle Chasers. Yeah, <laughs> because it's almost it's almost better to not have them at all than to have them like once in a while and then disappear again for, you know, a long period of time. Yeah, I'd rather have them here like every three months. You see like three issues come out and then like a month off and then another three, you know. So at least they're doing it, and we can all enjoy it. So cool. Yeah, so, so so far we're on board. Eye to eye. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why you guys hang out. Yeah. What, uh... So those would be your top three. Yeah. We're talking about uh, Macquarie, uh, Lee, Lee, and Joe Cool. What about unknown artists? If um, you could promote an artist or recommend an artist to put up for, for people out there in comic world or sci-fi world or geek world, whatever, who would you say to put on your watch list? Just because you love them, yeah. or it could be colorist, anybody. The number one, the one that pops into my head right now, is uh, it, his, I don't know his real name because he, it doesn't show it on his DeviantArt page, but he goes by Blitzwing. Blitzwing is a Transformer name, and this guy draws Transformer art, and it is amazing. You got to see all the old characters flip in original styles. He doesn't, you know, regurgitate anything. It's really, really impl- impressive. Blitzwing. B L I T Z. Yep. Wing. Wing. Yep. So check him out. Dot D- out. Dot D- 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 Mystery. Yeah. Jump in and find out for yourself. Yeah. Um. Anybody else? Um. Jim Lee. <laughs> Jim Lee is really awesome. Uh, no, the, um, let's see, anybody else? Uh, oh, yeah, my daughter. Kiki uh, Face. Yeah, Kiki Face or Jasmine Monteroso on Facebook. Yeah, she's amazing. But I, I was just looking for somebody else because, you know, of course I mentioned her already. But, yeah, of course, yeah, go check out Kiki Face, Tumblr. We also put some of the other guys in the group, uh, Free Isabello, Jeremy Lassner, uh, Daniel Blodgett, yeah. um, Andrew Burgess, um, 
Which they'll they'll all be up on upcoming. Yeah, they'll uh, hopefully all awesome. be coming up. You know, of set in stone. You know, the, plus in the, at the SEC we also have writers that show up too. We do, and I love that. Like, I, uh, I love those guys that are sitting there. Adam and Oren and um, dude, they watch us draw and they sit they there have their laptops out, their little yeah, notepads. I love that. Dude. Drawing notes away. Writing's where it starts. To me, writing is everything. Like I know I'm an artist. I'm I'm an artist first, always an artist, but uh, the writing is. What I think is going on in my head before I put the drawing down, I don't think of a of lines and shape and form. I think of a full out character in the middle of some shit. You know, I think of a situation and I see it all in fantastic detail. It's always an adventure. It's always an ordeal. It's not a dude or an arm or a, or shadow. It's you know, it's always a full story. You know, before I even draw. And when I was younger, that's how I always thought. The reverse of that, I always thought like. Well, I have a cool character, and I'm just going to throw him in somewhere, and never knew the value of what a story would be, because I'd keep telling him, like, let's just do it, I have all this stuff done. He's like, but it doesn't apply to the story at all, it doesn't make any sense. I'm like, no, but it's done, and it's done, and he's like, we just got to get it done right. And then, as I got older and matured, and I kept, you know, reading comic books, go back to that stuff and going, yeah, yeah, I don't know what I'm doing at all. Like, then I started doing my own comic book in high school, it's like, where do you start? It's like, you literally have no idea where to start. I don't have a script. I did three comic books. I didn't write a single script. I just started copying poses I liked and threw it in there. And I'm like, it makes no sense at all. Look, there's a Joe Mad panel, and then an Andy Kuber panel, <laughs> and then, you know, somebody else. And it's like, but and, it, and their style, not my own style. Yeah. I just copy the pose. And, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, that's why having a script and, and developing your own style is so important. Because if you don't have anywhere to have your art go... Yeah, you want to be able to do everything. Yeah, you want to be able to... It, but if you can't, I mean, you need to have some type of support to do that, you know, which is why I'm glad he's there helping write these stories. And it also gets my juices flowing for, like, oh, that's cool. Let's do this as well. So I'm also being collaborative. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you need uh, that spark. Yeah, that spark. Oh, somebody, it's just a matter of, you need somebody, somebody to, 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 to the all, the all <laughs> spark. <laughs> oh. hey oh, oh, I was that ego there. there. <laughs> where, um, where, that is where it is so important to have a community because yes. you do have artists who you are do. new and started and they're excited but don't have a direction. I mean, that's where Conquest... Or even a drive for it. Yeah. That, that's where Conquest came from. It was a desire to to propel my brother's art forward because you can... I see thousands of artists on DeviantArt. Great looking work pinups yeah. of X-Men, of Batman, Spider-Man, Hulk, Wolverine. Yeah. Look great. No consecutive art. There's yeah. no story being told. And then they wonder why they don't have a book. It's like, well, you haven't told a story. Yeah. Well, what and, and this day and uh, age, you have to do everything yourself anyway. Even movies are made with multiple producers. You know, the YouTube world has changed everything. Now you have to have almost a finished product and say, here, uh, distribute this, pay for this to be, you know, multiplied, you know, and distributed. Whereas in the old days, it was a studio system. We're like, come here, kid, we're going to pay you, we're going to set you up, we're going to give you everything. Nowadays, they were like, well, what do you got for us? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Fix your teeth and teach you how to talk. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's that's where it is um, an amazing time that we live in, though, is that because we do have YouTube, we do have mul- multiple streams of social media that an artist writer, creator can get themselves out there with yeah. little to no 
funding and create something. I mean, we the human spirit, man, just go we, do it. We're very similar to you and your brother in the sense of the sci-fi creating something over decades. Uh, yeah. For us, it's been over 20 years of yeah. conquest. But 20 years ago, we could not do what we were doing. You no, could no, not no, print no, your no. own naive. book. That that would be crazy. Or even form those the or stories it, with depth that you can now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there were people doing it, but it's also like those people were so like ahead of the curve and so particular, like um, like um, Strangers in Paradise, mm-hmm. uh, Bone. They were all doing it. He's like, yeah, if you have $100 and an idea that's good, go to Kinko's and make your books and sell them that way. That's, that's how, how Jeff that's Bone how I started. That's how Jeff Smith did with Bone, oh, yeah. 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 He's like, I had 100 bucks and a Kinko's. He's like, and that's how I got the first issues out. He's like, and then they started selling it, like conventions, I guess, or like little shops around town, and people started eating it up. And they, people, the shop owner like, here, we got money. You better go print some more because we can't keep them on the shelves. Yeah. And now he's, you know, Eisner Award winner uh, legend. And he's only done that, like, you know, he, that one mainstream book. He has another one, like, Rastel come out. But uh-huh. uh, but this, but Bone is probably one of the, the top ten most influential books in comic books, period. You know, it's, it's on every top ten list. doesn't matter if it's indie or mainstream or not. I mean... And he did it with Akinkos, you know, in hundred bucks. It's awesome. Yeah, it's crazy. Like same thing. I did my. I have eight issues. I said right. I have seven of them. I printed at Kinkos. Eighth issue is the first one I went to Comics Inc. Wellspring. Well, yeah. Wellspring. Yeah. It's the future is here. The the opportunity is here. And I mean, but we also have other avenues as independent creators. Is we also have image. Um, we have Dark Horse that we could submit and still... IDW, Dynamite. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you have the the option to be mainstream but and still, still have creator ownership, you know. Yeah. And there's so many people doing it, like Mark Millar, and to just go, I'm going to create my book and it's going to be called Kick-Ass and it'll be six, Marvel seven Icon. issues. Yeah. And I'll make my own little thing. And Marvel Icon said, sure, yeah, you're amazing. And he was just a writer with an idea and movies. I well, mean, and in his defense, he also had a long history of writing comic books before then, too. It's not yeah, like he just no. came in with it. Because at that time, he did do something very ambitious. So he had a title come out with almost every single comic distributor at the same time. Because he did uh, Wanted, and then he did, um, um, gosh, what is it? Uh some type of book about Jesus with an independent book company, and then he had Kick-Ass, and then he had, uh, like, two other ones through, like, like Top Cow, and then Image, and then some other title, and then, like, Arcane Express, or Arca- Arcane Press, or Arch Press, or whatever it is, uh, like, all at the same time, which had been completely unheard of, and then, like, two-thirds of them are now being turned into movies. You know? That's ridiculous. Awesome. Yeah. But it's having that vision. It's having that story. Yeah. It's having... The, the ability to, but having that community that you guys have back to the ACC is um, just so crucial that you have writers, writers there, there yeah. with inkers and pencilers and colorists and literally being able to make a group and say, we can do this. It isn't so far-fetched. Yeah. But I mean, and also the best part about having a lot of the writers there, they're not just like just writer writers in general. They know comic books and they know the history of, like, characters and books and storytelling, and and they also know artists as well. Like, they'll be able to tell you who did what because it was part of their favorite storyline. 
And the writers are much more detail-oriented. It's in, like, you know, Sig knows his top five or ten favorites. And there are a bunch of other ones out there he knows, but, you know, may not know the name. Yeah, yeah. definitely. <laughs> As opposed to, I'm the, I'm the opposite. Like, I, I found certain artists, and I'm like, I love him, and I have to find out who he is, what else he's done, you know, what does his work look like before somebody inks it, you know, yeah. all that stuff. I just threw myself into that. And for me, that's, I mean, you can mention, like, one or two issues that somebody may have done, and I can tell you who it is, possibly who wrote that issue, most likely who inked it and colored it as well, and then what he did afterwards and before. Some would call that crazy. Uh, <laughs> uh, a little OCD, a little... Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, but that's the type of stuff I love, like finding out who these different creators are and how their work looks different from, some, from someone else's. Like, I've had stuff inked by the, the guy we know from New York, Lee, you know, and that his stuff is a completely different style than, say, what maybe uh, Free or Jeremy would do if they were inked one of my pieces. Yeah, I love my favorite exercise in an art class is when the art teacher would put something in the middle and have everyone draw it from different angles and different, you know, every single piece is its own. Yeah. And we're all looking at the same thing. I love that aspect of it. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and that's... That, that's also part of not only storytelling because character driven but but everybody sees the same thing but sees something different yeah so your perception of reality is different than mine because I'm on the other side of the room so what I see isn't what you see but it's the same thing yeah so yeah that's the conflict I mean I, I did an interview with Scott Liddell and he went into psychology and was like, I do not have the personality for psychology, but I do like the conflict resolution, and that's what got me into writing. Is that there's a problem and a solution, and that's what that's what comic books are. They're like, here's an issue uh, where this is happening, and we need a solution for it, and so this is the solution. So, I mean, comic books, to me, were always a great opportunity to be moral guides for kids teaching you right and wrong and what to do in in insane situations yeah. sometimes but you always knew that this was the good guy and this was the bad guy yeah and you want to be the good guy because he can fly and he's fast and he has laser eyes but then you also see him make good decisions like stopping the bad guy and being nice to people and helping out community and caring about others so you, that goes you're taking that in while you're taking that. But they also, I mean, and as people mature and comics mature, they also have a thing of showing you that sometimes there isn't always a good guy in a situation. Like, that's what I loved about the Civil War series that came out with Mark Millar. Like, both sides had a, you know, a good valid argument. It's like, like look, we're going to let all these people with, who are walking nuclear bombs go out there, kill a bunch of people because they don't know what they're doing. You know, well, half of you may know what you're doing, and you think that if you, you know, have to sacrifice some part of yourself, like an identity, that that's somehow going to make you less of a hero, that you just can't do your job. You know, it's like, well, who really is right and who's wrong? You know, I'll let the, I'll let the, the listener and the viewers, you know, go and find that series themselves and find out what happened. But Yeah, Marvel, uh, Marvel Comics Civil War, that, and I, I really did like that aspect of it. I mean, it brings it more into a reality-based, even though it is superheroes. Yeah, but it really makes you look at the world around you because there is so much that is going on in the world you know, to get on a serious note that it's hard I mean that's why we have the political 
disconnect uh, or the Republican, Democrat, you know, it's like there's two sides, but there isn't two sides. There's one side. It's the same, per, like we're talking about the perspective. There's an issue and it's a problem, and one side thinks it's this is the solution, the other side thinks this is the solution. But then there's a third issue that we don't get to see, you know, the media-based, you know, the internal problem that's happening. And uh, comics get help you create that world and bring people all along on a journey that eventually there'll be a solution whereas in real life we don't always get that we don't always get the the proper so yeah I, I I like that aspect as far as being a writer is that you know there's there's things going on where we look at it and we think that was really good and then you come to find out that it wasn't because motivations and, and all these different things so how things are spent and you know that, that I think the comic genre with the anti-heroes is where they're not the traditional you know I'm a good guy. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes they're that, they're that that base animal instinct side of you that's just like that's what I want to do. Yeah. Like you're immediately like, yeah, I'm gonna be the Punisher and shoot that guy in the face because <laughs> you know he fucking deserves it. Yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, but on that same note, it's also like uh, like the Watchmen expressed that perfectly. Like you know yeah. somebody making a sacrifice, saying like it's for the betterment of all. And maybe it wasn't one person's decision to make, and the others were trying to stop it. And then kind of doubting themselves on whether or not they should have or should have Spoiler alert. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm just that 35-year-old comic book? Yeah. <laughs> if you haven't seen that 35-year-old comic book or the movie that it was based after, go pick up uh, Alan Moore's Why are you listening to this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> how did you find it? Go study that. <laughs> if you don't know what The Watchmen is, how did you find this podcast? <laughs> and if you did... And you didn't, then welcome. And then welcome. Go read that book and enjoy. It's yeah. a little and you're welcome for. And you're welcome. Out of yeah. It's gonna change your life. Give yourself some time. Start reading it in the morning. Don't try it like ten o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah. Unless you don't want to sleep. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, I think we've had a, a really good conversation. I don't know exactly how much time we've spent. We're at well over an hour. Duh, so we've spent well, okay. well more than enough time. Can't I yeah, I had to stop a couple times because I've just figured out how the microphone on my phone works, so I don't have that sound drop out. That's good. I'm I'm glad we're on issue four, figuring out yeah. how your sound works. Every uh, intro, is this, every man? intro I do for the episodes, I'm like, I'm sorry, there's always audio issues. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> so, well, Sig, we appreciate the time. Had fun talking with you about my comics. Pleasure. Thank you so much. Pleasure. For Check out his comic book. Your website one more time for uh, people. Germs with a Z. Dot net, I mean dash comics dot net germs dash comics dot net, and that's also on Facebook. Same germs uh, comics for Twitter, germs comics for Tumblr. Fantastic. Now that's comics spelled the correct way. Uh, comics spelled the correct way. Yes. Okay. For those of you who are like, I was going to go with a no easy, but I didn't want to get no dirty X. No dirty X comics. Comics exists. Oh, Adam Hughes. <laughs> <laughs> And on that note, we're all done. Thanks for uh, listening, everybody. Uh, t- tune in for next issue five with Set in Stone. And remember, these things should be bagged and boarded, you heartless bastards.
man are you anyway? I'm talking comics and you bring up chicks and romance? For more information regarding Immortal Samurai comics and the podcast, please visit ImmortalSamurai.com. For all the updates on Conquest, Chain Reaction, as well as art, convention schedules, and commission lists, that's www.immortalsamurai.com. The intro and outro music for the Set in Stone podcast is provided by The Devils You Know. You can find them on their Facebook page at The Devils You Know and at ReverbNation.com slash The Devils You Know. Check them out. They're an awesome band. I highly recommend them.